The views and opinions expressed in the Humanizing the Headset podcast are those of the authors, guests, and hosts of the podcast and do not necessarily reflect the opinion or position of Humanizing the Headset as a whole. This podcast may contain adult language and adult content. What episode are we on? Six? I don't know. Six. Is it six? I, so I was surprised many. when you posted the other day that we have five episodes. I'm like, when did we, we record five episodes? I'm missing one of my Doesn't brain. seem right, does it? Right. No. Seems like significantly fewer. Yes. Probably because yes. we're having so much fun. So, this is true. So, hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome hello. To episode six. Welcome back. Yes. Hope Yay. everyone had a wonderful new year and holidays in yes. general. Yes. Happy New Year. Yes. 2020's gone. I don't yep. think it makes a I difference. I still keep but writing it on better. everything. Yeah. Oh, that it's gone? No, I keep writing 2020 oh, like on everything. And I'm that's like, awesome. damn it. Actually, I haven't had that problem this year. <laughs> so far, everything I've written that needed a date, I've written 2020. Nice. And I've submitted it. And I'm like, mm, just kidding. Mm. That's uh, not that year anymore. Psych. Where's my whiteout? <laughs> We're tape? not reliving this bullshit. Right. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> and that's why I'm like kind of, because, you know, people do that every year. But I would think that yeah. this year, especially, you would definitely right. remember that it's not 2020 anymore. But the things that are cracking me up, I've been getting uh, inappropriate memes where it says goodbye 2020. And then it says hello 2021 but the one is a inappropriate insertion yeah oh, okay i'll show you those after we're done it's really <laughs> funny and it's all kinds of stuff but it's it's kind of funny nice. indeed i like it yeah that's fantastic well you will trust me it's <laughs> <laughs> a little it's the meme i didn't make them they got sent to me all right well so today we wanted to talk a little bit about um, I don't, this, this has been talked about a lot, I think by pretty yeah. much every 911 dispatch podcast or website or Facebook group or whatever. Yes. And that is the, that was like a chorus of yes, um, is <laughs> the reclassification of 911 dispatchers as first responders. Yeah. So I have varying opinions, which I, do I always too. do on, on most controversial we'll call it a controversial yeah, topic it is controversial hot, hot button topic yeah for some folks um so me coming into this blind right i, I i'm terrible at doing research so uh, because i just like to have the discussions about things to learn from other people well and you saw brendan and i tried to do some research and it's hard to find it was difficult to find yeah. a lot of information about this topic I, I think i think a lot of it got sidetracked due to covid Right. Um, of course. But everything that I searched for uh, was largely like early last year, well, mid last year, you know. It's also the information that I found is very vague. It is. It's very vague and confusing as yeah. to why this classification even matters. Yeah. Or what exactly it is that we're trying to get changed to. Yeah. So I think, um, I, right. I have the same thought. Right. Like, my thought is, is we know what we do. Right. Period. And I feel like as a group uh, uh, or as an industry, maybe I will, um, or if you will, I don't know what I just said there, um, <laughs> I, as telecommunicators across the country, 
I think we want some validation for what we do. And there are people, especially we'll say the uh, currently recognized first responders, (coughs) right? Right. If you hear that noise in the background, I doubt you will, but it's Brendan's garbage disposal. I don't know what's happening. It's a dishwasher. Yeah, it's a dishwasher. We are not being attacked by a giant gurgling swamp monster. (laughs) No, no, it's Mothra or something. Um, <clears throat> but hopefully these microphones, we have new microphones, yes, by the way. Yes, we have new so equipment, which is why we... it doesn't pick that up. Thinking uh, that like it may pick it up, yeah. Last one. Anyway. Anyway, I digress. Um, I feel like a lot of people want to be recognized as a first responder because of what we do and the trauma and that type of thing that comes with what Stress, we do. The, right. Yeah. It, because it's important. And from that standpoint, I get it because it's covered under benefits like uh, other other first responders are you know we deal with the same types of trauma they deal with the same thing but in a different way you know right. they're visual uh whereas we're you know i always like to say what's worse on a horror movie watching it or listening to it because to me the music and the sound i, I could turn the sound oh, off yeah. and watch the movie all day long but yeah. as soon as i hear the music or the sounds if i cover my eyes sure. it's still just as freaking scary right it is. that makes sense yeah yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because if you're just hearing it, you can implant what you think is happening. You're and as dispatchers, it's always the worst case scenario. Right. Yep. It's, some, it's sometimes worse than what's actually happening. Right. Because yeah. people call and they're like, there's blood everywhere. And then... It's a hangnail. You talk to the paramedics <laughs> right. later and they're like, dude, the guy had a bloody nose. It wasn't a big yeah. deal. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. I, I was picturing and a murder scene. And it's because he was scene, picking but... it. It wasn't because he got punched <laughs> right. in it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so stop picking your nose, dumbass. Right. I don't know. It's... <laughs> And yeah, I, I also have differing opinions about this because, and don't get me wrong, I don't think, um, I do think that we are first responders. I think that we should Agreed. be classified that way. But I can see the other side as to why some people don't feel that way. Interesting. I understand it. I I guess I understand it, kind yeah. of, but... It's it's not it's not devaluing what they do. It's not at all. And that's right. That's where I run into an issue is classifying nine one one dispatchers as first responders does not take anything away from no. people who are already currently classified that way. Right, it's right. literally not taking anything right. away from them. No, nope. it's not taking away benefits or recognition or anything at all. Right. So. In my mind, I'm like, so what's the harm in doing that? Yeah. Why Why are some of these first responders are very upset with us wanting that? No offense to the, the other first responders. Oh, right. And Sorry. we're talking about uh, ultimately police and fire. Yes. Realistically, right? Or police groups, fire groups, um, uh, EMT groups that right. are responding to the emergency and they're arriving there. You know, the police will argue that they're the first first responders because... Uh, fire doesn't go in until they've the made sure the scene is secure. Right. So <laughs> there's that argument that they could they could make and say, well, you technically you weren't there first. You just came in after we said you're good to go, right? right. Um, and then we can make that same argument. Correct. Because I sent you there. But so. the, <laughs> the, the issue is I feel like, and this is not to be insulting at all, but it's uh, ego and pride in what they do. It is. So... Because they are thrust into very um, crazy situations and very stressful, dangerous situations, mm-hmm. I can understand why they, they feel that way, um, but it doesn't change anything that they do. I feel like 
my thought is, and maybe they can chime in, you know, when we post and if, if we have any of them listening to us out there right. um, and let us know what the issue is, because I, I go back to saying it's ego because they feel like that's their classification for what they do. Right. Um, and, and it, it takes it away from take them. Away it doesn't take away from what they, yeah. And I, <clears throat> I want to say it was about a year ago. I got into like an argument with someone about this on Facebook because I'm a moron. I shouldn't argue with people on Facebook. No, it's not um, productive. It, the only reason I actually even bothered with it was because it was actually a, a Facebook friend of mine, someone that okay. I used to work with on an ambulance. Yeah, that's different. Who he had posted something on Facebook saying like 911 dispatchers should not be classified as first responders because they don't know what the hell they're doing. And I commented like, listen, buddy, I don't know what kind of relationship you have with your dispatchers and maybe that's the problem. Yeah. But I don't know why you would put this out there. And he went back and forth with me about like how, what an idiot I was and like, how could I feel that way? And mm. I was just like, what, what is your yeah. issue here? He's like, well, you'll never see this and you'll never see a dead body. And, and I'm like, dude, we used to work on an ambulance together. You know that I've seen those things. Like, I know that not every 911 dispatcher Correct. has. But you like, have a unique perspective. You're coming at me with that argument knowing that right. we, and I mean, it's a long story. There's more to that story from other than that. But um, it was just kind of an interesting, like, he was very much, you know, you'll never have to run into a burning house. And I'm like, are you is as... that is that what defines a first responder to you? <laughs> right, because right, that doesn't right. and just to clarify, the the classification that we're talking about comes from the OMB, which is at the Office of Management and Budget or something. Mm. I know and OMB the SOC, is something yeah. Different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's more OMBs. I don't know what we're I don't, talking about. Anyway, it it's probably old man balls. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's not the classification okay. that we're talking about. Sorry, not the <laughs> It comes oh from God. the OMB and the SOC. They also classify um playground monitors. Crossing guards. Crossing guards. Lifeguards. As first responders. Like legit first responders? Yes. That yes. is that is their classification and their job title under the OMB and the SOC. <laughs> yeah, so there's and totally that room is the for agency okay. that we are trying to convince to get us to change our classification. So my argument to this person was kind of, okay, so I'm not a first responder because I don't run into burning buildings. Yeah. Why the hell is crossing guard on that list then? Right. And right. um isn't like taxi driver also or no, not taxi driver. Um it was crossing guard, playground monitor lifeguard and I was something like security so, guard or something. Okay. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah. So saying a lifeguard potentially, obviously Absolutely. because they, they yes. fall in that they same role. Responder. They have to apply CPR. Sure. Um, a playground monitor. Mm, no offense to playground monitors, but mm, I, don't, I, I have a hard time with that one. Crossing guard. Maybe in, in only from the sense of it, because those people are included, other than playground monitor, because that one I don't understand. I don't understand. All of that. the rest of them have to do with risk, right? So a crossing guard is standing out there and hoping somebody doesn't run them over and the people they're crossing the street over. So if they're classifying those people, it has to be based on risk well, or so, potential for danger. And this is uh, some of this information is coming from this. So I just I looked it up because I remembered reading this. The Homeland Security Act of two thousand two defines. 
the term, quote, first responder as individuals who, in the early stages of an incident, are responsible for the protection and preservation of life, property, evidence, and the environment. Explain to me how a playground monitor falls into that category, but not a 911 dispatcher. Right. I, I, that's the, the difficulty and I had before. same thing with crossing guard. There's no risk when it comes down to it right. as, a, as a player. Now, listen, if you're, if you're at a you know, school that has metal detectors and barbed wire around the fence. Yeah, and, I guess it depends the, on the type the of school. The playground is all 17-year-olds <laughs> um, that... Yeah, are, if we're talking you know, about a detention facility right, school. Right, a whole different... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that I don't understand. But um, yeah, I think people get mixed up about the, like a first responder doesn't need to be someone who is risking their actual life to do yeah. something. Like so, that's not really what we're talking about. I'm not saying that you're not right. risking your life. For me, I, I think, uh, what, I was going to ask a question because I, I haven't gotten consumed by it. I see it. I think it would be awesome to see uh, telecommunicators labeled as first responders, right? There's, there's no reason not to, Absolutely. ultimately. Um, and if people are upset that we're going to, maybe you should argue about the, the playground monitor before you tell us we can't be classified as that. But are people that work in the jail, you know, the officers that work in the jail, are they considered first responders? I believe corrections officers are included in that okay. list, but, as they should be. Okay. But tell me why they should be. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be. Please understand. I'm not being critical here. I'm playing devil's advocate. Right, exactly. Because um, we're going to talk about specific definitions of what people do. Correct. And how, correct. what their job is, uh, the, is the responsibilities are. Right. So how, how do they? Because everybody that's brought in, everything's already happened. Now there's the potential, and this goes back to... I feel like the definition ultimately is based on risk. Right. Because you're in there with people that are going to be going to court or they've risk, been but also responsibility. There. So like yeah. think about what exactly is a corrections officer there to do. They're there to monitor and make sure that everyone's safe and make sure that everyone's okay. okay. I, I don't want to call them babysitters. So that's not really what I mean. No. But I yeah. mean they they are trained to handle like if something were to happen they would be able to react to it appropriately, which is why they are in their position. So then that would say why a actual playground monitor would be labeled that. Because, but are they? Uh, well, we get into the are they or should they. <laughs> right. Right? So are they? And, and Probably I mean, not because most playground monitors are teachers that got assigned it today. I'm not you know. arguing to take that title away from playground <clears throat> monitors. If someone no, at either. some point in time has decided that that <clears throat> should be... Excuse me. Part of their uh, classification. Yeah. That's great. And sure. I, unlike other people, like I'm not going to argue for that to be taken away because no. guess what? It doesn't affect me. It doesn't take anything away from what I do right. yeah. at all for them to also be classified under right. the same title. You don't have to dim someone else's light. I'm just wondering what for the... For you to shine Exactly. Brighter. Thank you, Brendan. You don't have to dim someone else's yeah. light to Hashtag shine. Hashtag don't dim my light. Exactly. <laughs> don't dull my sparkle. That's right. Um, I like that one better. But my, my curiosity more is, what is the train of thought here? Like, right. I'm not saying that they shouldn't be classified that way. I'm not saying that crossing guards shouldn't be classified right. that way. Right. I'm just saying, in what in what planet did this make sense to, like, crossing guards? Definitely yeah. first responders. Right. one dispatchers? Not secretaries. So right. I don't Absolutely. know what right. you guys, Admin. like, yeah. I don't understand clerical staff. We're not mm, clerical staff. No. And why the resistance? So why do we have to jump through all these hoops and go to senators and 
fill out all this paperwork um, and push them to change the classification. Well, the big argument was that 911 dispatchers do not administer care and do not administer like life-saving whatever like okay so that's care, but if life, you're instructing save... someone else on how to do it then you are by proxy you exactly are. so you absolutely i didn't are. and we like we were especially if they don't know how to do it already we joke about that like okay do people actually think that we just answer the phone yes and say oh there's an emergency at 542 main street yeah great thanks and <laughs> hang Bye. up like right. that's not our job right that's and, not what we do and it's yeah oh do you, do you know how to do cpr ma'am no. Oh, I'm sorry. Me either. Have a great day. Bummer for us. We yeah. should probably take a class. And so, then you hang up and that's the end of the conversation. Right. I like, really no. wish you had signed up for it. They're free. I can send you some links later on. I right. hope your loved one is okay. What's your email? I'll Check give you later. I'll send you something right now. Um, let me now. send you a YouTube yeah. video right. that I right. found. Can you do, can you watch the YouTube video while doing it and talk to me at the same time? I don't know. if you, Do you have that on your phone? Well, I, I mean... We are EMD certified at my center, so we actually, we could administer aspirin over the phone. Obviously, we're not physically administering it. Right. But we can administer aspirin over the phone. We give Narcan instructions. We give mm -hmm. EpiPen instructions. Right. So it takes a certain level of skill to right. make that happen. And that was all stuff that, let me just point out, all of those items were approved by our county's medical director. Yeah. And the the reality is, is so... in, here's what I'm going to... Uh, point out when it comes to going back to playground monitor because i'm going to use it because it, to us it makes the least amount of sense is right. that are we on the same page hopefully um if not i'm the asshole whatever no i um, got what and again I, and we're not saying they shouldn't be that's correct just don't understand um, the train of thought right where does it fall in right and, and maybe that's just them clarifying what, um, to us yeah, what, what parameters are we they using do, right, right. because here's here's this. my thought process their job is to monitor what's happening. Something happens to the kid on the playground. What's the next step? Right. What is what have they been trained to do? Right. What the next step reaction? is to call nine one one. Exactly. Yeah. And have us walk them through it. Right. So the first responder is being guided by the secretaries on by what the to do. Clerical support staff in yeah. their job. In their job. Exactly. So right. what's the purpose? <laughs> so I see. I can sit here and debate both sides of this because. Part of me says, okay, uh, I don't think it's going to, at least not for us in the area that we work in, it's not going to give us a pay raise. It's not going to change a lot of things because in our area, dispatchers, telecommunicators, we get paid pretty well. We're included in a lot of things, especially if you're part of a union. Right. Um, you know, we get, at least with us, we, we're part of the state pension, you know, if that yes, lasts, of course. Too, yeah. um, that's always threatened. But other areas of the country, it could make a difference it in could. what Absolutely. they get paid and what they're included upon sure. and the benefits that come from that. And not just pay, but training. Yeah. So th there's no, um, if you're not in this industry, I want you to understand there is no standardized training for no. 911 dispatchers. And, and except for, I think, California. Don't they have the, the post right, certain. Yeah. I'm sorry, there's no federal standard. Correct. Um, right. There's no national standard of training. Yeah. Um, with firefighters, there is, I believe with police officers, there is a standard level of things that they have to be trained to do. Right. Dispatchers, there is not. No. And um, that is one of the things that is argued about this classification is that it would 
if we were classified as our first responders, it would mean that we would be moving towards a standard training program. Yeah. And it should. It should. Absolutely. I'm in full support of that. And I I think that- If you are administering life-saving care, you should be trained in how to do that. And there should be a standard. Absolutely. Right. Right. Because it's- So- when it comes to that standard, so I, the argument against that would be some people don't want that because then it takes away the freedom to be who they are, right? So, or, or that's their tr- thought process. It isn't right. ultimately true because you're probably upholding that same standard. Mm-hmm. You're just now being held to that standard, whereas, right. you know, before Re- regulated you, you aren't it. being held to that or saying you have to do this, but you're probably probably already performing that that standard. That's if you're, the if you're the first point of contact for the public as you know you're who's answering the phone mm-hmm. when there's an emergency mm-hmm. why isn't that being regulated at all right because right. in reality i would get fired for doing it but um what what kind of trouble would i get in for just being like screw you and hanging up the phone on someone right like right. i would get fired yeah i don't think i'd get anything other than that hmm. but if you know if there was the same level of like malpractice or malfeasance or whatever yeah from a paramedic or police officer like well i think that depends on where you are too right yeah story i think from in detroit a couple years ago where a kid was calling because his mom had passed out or something and and i think the dispatcher thought that he was um, was was kidding yeah and then he called back and then they went out there and she had passed she went to jail for that yes so as she should yeah but um and we've heard of a lot of cases like that where it's very um there was one just recently where there was a flood and the woman called 911 oh, because yeah. she was in her vehicle in a I don't think she went to jail. But it was her last she day. She didn't. Too. It was her last day. She was leaving. And I can see, and I know this sounds horrible, but she did what she needed to do um, as far as help wise. Her empathy was trash. It was shit. And she should have been fired for that, but she didn't do anything criminal. Right. And that know? was like. And that's. That's where I can see why, you know, she wouldn't have any jail time for that because she did what she needed to do as far as getting rescue out to where this lady was. Right. You know, so she wasn't criminally negligent. No. She was just a bitch. But there, again, there's no standard of practice right. for us. There's nothing. Standard of care, standard of practice. Now, um, even though there isn't, we still, most of us follow a very specific and like rigorous training program and right, continuing correct. education. So it's in, not in like your departments or your whatever. agency, your organization right, every have organization. already developed something along those lines because they understand the purpose and the importance of it. Um, and what I was going to say earlier is the training and the standard is for the people you're answering the, the phone for, period. So it, by, by creating a federal standard to say this is the care as United States citizens, um, you will receive mm-hmm. in the, at, a, at a minimum, right? Because that's everything. So that boils down to, um, you know, it's, it's like, uh, what am I trying to think of? Not not racism, but um, discrimination. Thank you, discrimination. The <laughs> word was just out of my brain. Um, same thing, right? There's right. you can't do it. So there's a a specific standard, and it's up to everybody else to make it more stringent. You know, but there's at least a at least a baseline of saying you're guaranteed this this care no matter where you go. Exactly. Um, and and then it gets watched and regulated. Hey, let's face it. I mean, the government likes to spend money, so. 
you're just creating a whole new department and creating jobs for things <laughs> that yeah. you know, like is a, important. A federal 911 board kind right. of. That's correct. Um, yeah. And I mean, like even down to CPR instructions, mm-hmm. it is not actually required anywhere that a 911 dispatcher know how to give CPR instructions. Right. Right. Some what? states have, have, have done that where, where if you're, even if you don't do EMD instructions that you still know because how to there's do a delay CPR. Yes. in getting that person over to medical Right. where you could just be telling them, you know? And I mean, all, we're all <clears throat> CPR certified. Um, right. And it's kind of. Like not, I don't want to say a joke, but we sort of joke about it because it's like, we all have to be CPR certified in order to tell someone else how to do CPR. Right. But when our dispatchers actually come into the CPR training with me, they're like, this is a lot harder than I thought it was. And I'm like, this is why I need you to be a little bit empathetic with your callers because this is not easy to do. Right. It's extremely difficult, especially on an actual person, especially on a person that someone knows, like... You're doing it on a loved one. Right. Makes it even more difficult. And giving it to a person who might be hysterical. Right. Exactly. Well, that's early on in the conversation. That was one of the points I was going to make is trying to instruct somebody on how to do it without seeing or being there adds a whole other layer of complexity that, no offense, but a lot of the, the people that are classified as first responders right now absolutely couldn't do no there's no way and some of them will even tell you i don't know how you guys do what you do i would go nuts doing what i've you heard do. that from a lot of our responders of is that right. they yeah. have no idea how we do what we do and they could not possibly do it right and so part of it is uh come do it <laughs> yeah if you if you have an issue about um us being classified the same as what you are mm-hmm. come do the job yeah, because the reality is us. by us, when a uh, when a deputy is new, they sit in there for four to eight hours, maybe, and then they never come back. Right, and that's before they go to that's the before academy. they go to the academy. Right, so like they're not going to remember shit that they did. Right, that because day. that no. I mean you that's we super stressful right. and there's a lot going on. Yeah, and we um, my manager put together this presentation for our first responders to give to them when they have new people or they're training someone or if they're just interested in hearing about it. And part of the presentation was really awesome. And I, um, I wish I could share the clip, but I can't because it's a recording of phone calls and 911 radio traffic. Mm -hmm. But what she did was she took a single incident that happened in one of our towns and she layered all of the audio clips of what was happening simultaneously on top of each other and played it. So that you're listening to yes. real time what was going on. Yes. And the incident was an accident. It was a major accident in our town. So she starts off with, okay, here's the first 911 call. So you're listening to that dispatcher take that 911 call. While that audio is still playing, you hear the second and third 911 calls come in. Then you also hear the police dispatcher start to give out the police radio traffic for the accident. Then you hear the fire tones going off and the dispatch going for the fire department. And then yeah. you hear all the fire. So it's literally you're hearing, you know, by the by the middle of the recording, you're hearing like seven different audio loops, right. like audio tracks. Right. Shared between two people. Shared between two people in the room. Yes. And we're it's like we play this audio clip for people, for our first responders, and they are absolutely stunned by the end of it. Because they're like, wait, wait, wait. So one person was handling four of those audio tracks at the same time? Yes. Right. That was me. 
Right. My partner was handling the other three issues, like the other three audio tracks. Yeah. They were handling this radio, this radio, and this phone call. And calling everybody else to see if they can help out depending on what it is and where it's at and all that. So when you say, hey, can you run this person by name, date, or birth? And I tell you to stand by, that's why. Right. It's right. not because I'm finishing my knitting. Like right. it's because I'm in the middle of something <laughs> right. pertaining to your right. incident. Or the, the you know, I'm yes, I'm eating right. a piece of cake right now. So right. can yeah. you just hold on? Hold on, it's let really me flip delicious. my pancake. Like, yeah. no, I'm actually right. Right. I'm doing something. Yeah. Um and yeah, people listen to that audio clip, which is again, it's an incredible clip. Um, if you work at a 911 dispatch center, I highly suggest that you have someone make a similar recording of one yeah, of your incidents. Cool, so that you can play it for people mm-hmm. because it was it's an incredible clip. People listen to it and they're absolutely shocked. Like, holy shit, I can't believe that this is two people handling yeah. these seven or eight audio tracks all at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And, and right. I, I like the fact when you said, can you run this by name and date of birth in the middle? It's like, um, hello. <laughs> Do you not hear what's going on? Right. You like, just you know something's me, going on right, right now. You just and asked me to contact the um, Department of Transportation while also um, calling two toes for you, like two hooks. Yeah, yeah. And you want me to do all of that and yeah. run your driver's license for you? Like, right. you're going to you, have to... Ho- I'll do it, but you're going to have to hold on a second. And you want to know why it's taking the hook so long. Well, it took me uh, extra five right, minutes because I didn't actually call, call them, them for yeah. like 10 minutes. Right, exactly. What's their ETA... Um, well, when I call them, we'll find out. <laughs> when I call them, it'll probably be about Sorry, five minutes, you but know. I haven't had a chance yet. And, and that happens. I mean, the, the reality for something like that, it happens that it gets lost in the shuffle sometimes just because mm-hmm. you are that busy. Um, but I agree. I think I'm a very big proponent of pushing to have them come in and us go out doing yes. ride-alongs like on a yearly basis. <laughs> You know, this should be, they should be rotated. That should be part of their annual training. Mm -hmm. You're going to come sit four hours in dispatch and guess what? You're going to answer the phones and for two hours. And then for the other two hours, you're going to dispatch. That's what you're going to do. Or you're going to back somebody out. When I was, um, one of the new deputies came in, I think after the fact and uh, sat center with me. It was great. Yes. Well, and then they also hear... The, the radio traffic yeah. and like how crappy they sound sometimes. Yeah. Right. Both at just the quality of Well, their... even, even with us, like, yeah. so the issue comes in for us. So, you know, what you just described was multitasking, right? And they, you know, there are people that say there's no such thing. You, you can only handle one task. Your brain can only focus on one at a time. That's so not you're, true. It, it, actually, it's, there's it, evidence. You're constantly switching between two yes. things. You're not processing both things at right, once. It's not simultaneous. It's like flipping a switch on and off, on and right. off, on and off. Um, but it's basically ADHD. <clears throat> really, it ultimately <laughs> is. Um, but they don't. I think they think you're just not listening to them sometimes when it comes to that stuff. Um, and our system, unfortunately, there are times that I, our headpiece, at least a few of us have a molded headpiece that actually fits inside my ear. Yes. So. Love it. it I do too. Um, but, you know, sometimes I find it a little harder. Maybe it's my age to switch or hear something else. And I sometimes think it's because that piece is actually takes over everything and it's mm-hmm. in my brain, whereas my regular ear is not catching everything as well. Right. Um, but. 
yeah, I don't, I think they, they have to sit there because our phones, that's what I was going to say is our phone system. A lot of times I can listen to it on a recording or the radio traffic on a recording and hear it clear as a bell, but it doesn't always compute. work that way in your headset and not just compute, but, uh, it could be noise canceling and it cancels out what they said. Um, because you had a question and everything they got in your ear was bleeped over for lack of a better term right. it was covered and but when you go and listen to the recording you hear both sides just fine so then people are like well why didn't you hear that well because the system sucks you know it cuts it out you how can you ever you know blame somebody for something that but you they say this thing you know i didn't hear it and they're like well it's clear on the tape so you're screwed type of thing when we have it go the other way around too where we'll have um officers or firefighters say that they didn't hear us say something yeah and it's very clear on the recording yes but they're in a vehicle driving um you know on a Correct. fire engine which is or right. they're out an enormous in and loud vehicle. using a hose they're and hearing it's making a noise siren yeah. and they don't it's drowned out they don't hear me say mm-hmm. like the, the patient's not breathing like they don't catch that they're just like yeah okay 10-4 and then they get there like why didn't you tell me the patient was? I did. You ten four'd me, right? I honestly <laughs> didn't even really hear what you said. I just said ten four, or I right. thought you said this, so I just said ten four. Right, right. Um, but that's uh, that again. It's all complexity in what we do and what we have to work with. Right. You know, we're we're managing a lot of stuff prior to arrival, and then even after. Mm-hmm. You know, by us, we're we're given the ability, and I don't know how it is by you, Kaylee, but. Um, if we have a scene that needs to have a perimeter set up, we can start doing that before they get there. If we can say, okay, I know this person's coming from here, so put them at this point and start setting it up ahead of time and then let them take it over once they're on scene and they can start to collapse a perimeter, right? Right. We've been taught how to, how to do that um, just the same way as how to look at an address on a map and figure out when they're talking about these sides of the building or this numbered window, if it's a multi-level building, you know, we've been taught how to read that. So it makes sense to us and we can keep track of it as well. So yeah, we're not out there doing it, but we understand it, you know, and I don't think the the other side, like I said a, a minute ago is come do what we do. Like, come sit in here and, and, and see thing. how it is. Like you were saying, you should go, you should be right along with your first responders yes. as well. Which we do. We do it in training, and then we also have, like, a continuing ride-along program. See, we don't. It, which is our, yeah, we, so we stopped ride-alongs with yes. COVID. Um, we, we were doing it, We didn't we have it even recently. before that. It, we can ask for it, um, and if we have enough staffing, they'll allow it to happen. But that's the problem. And we, like, I know, and we've talked about this before, that I work at a consolidated agency, so we ride along with every one of our departments. We don't just ride along with like one police officer and then yeah. oh, nice. again. We actually, um, it's part of your initial training when you first get hired. Mm-hmm. You do a ride along with each of our four police departments, each of our three fire departments. Um, you go on calls with them. Yeah. You get to ride, like with the fire department, you ride with the battalion chief typically. He'll take you on calls. He'll let you get out and go in with the firefighters and see what's going on with the patient. Yeah. Um, which is, we had a ride along that ended up being a drowning and that was a little bit traumatic, but, mm-hmm. um, but so, but you get to see firsthand yeah. what these guys are dealing with. Yeah. I want, I want to, so my thought process in that, in for understanding wise is 
I've been thinking about this a lot. I, I do a lot of thinking when I'm driving, which is... Well, I'm just doing know, a lot of thinking in general. I'm, I'm a ponderer. Uh, and in the shower. I come up with some of the greatest ideas when I'm in the shower. <laughs> um, don't ask. But the uh, I feel like if you're going out on a ride-along, the where the downfall has been and not bad for us, just different, and where I think it can be improved is we're given a radio. And we're the second person with that unit that day that can respond and relay because you need to hear what they're hearing in the middle of what they're doing, right? So I can stand there all day long, but if I don't have a radio and theirs is in their ear, they're just telling me what dispatch said. Right. If they caught it, right? right. So I feel like if you're assigned a radio that day, in that squad that you're going out with or on that on that you know engine whatever it is you have the ability to listen to what they're doing and hearing at the same time so you now have a different perspective because the reality is is as dispatchers it's different you're it, in a different environment it we're, is we're in a very controlled environment where yes. we are and we get irritated when they don't respond to us right, right? like hey I, ju- I called you on three times what all are you of doing the ambient noise well, that they're hearing yeah this drunk lady was screaming at me and i couldn't hear you and mm-hmm. i had to deal with her and i didn't have a chance to answer you right and, and we're like okay well now i'm a, i'm the asshole now right um but that doesn't mean you didn't get annoyed by it. So it's empathy, right? The whole the whole point of this training empathy is to have empathy and understanding yep. as to what they're experiencing and doing. I feel like that would make a huge difference in agreeing with us being first responders versus right. not being a first responder and what we have to deal with. Well, and again, like when we talk about that, the first responder thing, the classification, the biggest thing that I keep trying to search and I can't find a like a solid answer on why does this classification matter yeah why does it matter what the office of management and budget or whatever the hell it is um why does it matter what they see us as yeah what difference does it make it's it's validation ultimately and and when you start talking about but is there more to it than that yes because I've also seen that it can limit things like um stress debriefing training and um, recognition of employees who may suffer from PTSD, like yeah. because we're not classified as a as a first responder, we might not actually yeah. be able to get counseling for PTSD right. because of that. But if you're validated, in right? What that that validation comes in giving you those benefits, and you can't get those benefits without the classification. I just wish so, there was a clear like I want that to be clear to people yeah. when you start looking up information about this classification yeah. and what it means. Because or the news articles, right? The news articles. All the news now articles say, just say the nine one one dispatchers want recognition. Right. And then there's I don't a big, even think we do. End, yeah. Right? Like yeah. I don't even think that we want Way to go Florida. Recognition. Yeah. I think we is want Florida the same the is Florida. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think uh, it I is. I believe it is. Okay, thank God. I cheered it. Oh, there's PTSD legislation according to our map here. Okay. So this yeah, was like, last year, so I, I don't know what's happened since, and I wasn't able to find much. When you're talking about this, it's not just about the recognition because, and I know not everyone feels the same way about this, but for me personally, I could give two shits about the recognition. When people ask me what I do, yeah. and I and I don't know them or I don't trust them for whatever reason, I don't tell them. Right. Yeah. I just tell them like. Uh, I work as like a records clerk. Like I don't, which I'm not trying to downplay what they do either. They're freaking amazing. But um, I don't like telling people that I'm a 911 dispatcher because I don't want the recognition of the, 
oh my god, that much that's so cool, that's so amazing. Like, what do you do? What do you do? You um, what kind of crazy calls do you take? Like, I don't yeah, want to talk I don't about like it. That. I don't like that. Well, <laughs> and I like yes. I don't I don't walk around with a giant like badge on my chest every right. day that says oh I'm a hero. Like that's not. <laughs> <laughs> do we know some people that do and it's Wait, kind of like Mariah Carey all the time a little time like get exactly <laughs> <laughs> like, don't. that's my whole my whole dispatcher playlist you know I've got some Tina Turner and oh all, you know every song that mentions hero in it but yeah I'm not uh up by Bette Midler not looking for the recognition but I would like to have some of the same it comes with it though so benefits and the, training and funding <clears throat> and access to yeah. certain programs that first responders have yeah and you know a big thing is is things are going to change in the future like New Orleans for example Ty- Tyrell Morris and his crew out there they have video and text now so there's going to be this expectation that we're going to have to meet if we are going to be first responders. Right. Because the public's going to demand it. Sure. As technology becomes available, new things become available. Right. We're going to start seeing this stuff too. So I think that we need to demand being first responders as this stuff comes out. Because if I'm going to, if I'm going to witness a school shooting, yeah. you know, via I, video, if I'm via seeing it happen live, yeah. like... That's a big deal. Yeah. You know, it's something elevated like that, which is which is going to happen with this new technology. Then sure. we absolutely need to be Well, there's going to be the weirdos, responders. too, that do it on purpose. They call you and, and right. off themselves right. because they figure that's their one last hurrah. I'm going to screw everybody else up the way I'm screwed up right now. Right. right. Um, so, and, and to, to your point, you know, looking at the map, Louisiana is not one of those states that they're classified as first responders. Right. So they had the expectation of them to have video 911 and, you know, text to 911, which to me, text to 911 isn't much different than a phone call. It adds another level of complexity. Right. Um, because you, it actually makes it harder, I think, if it's, if it's text. But yeah, it takes longer. Yes, exactly. And it's harder to hear what's happening. You can gain some assessment and provide information if you can hear what's going on. Um, Versus video. Right. So right. they, if you're going to have that expectation, then you need to, we should have the expectation or uh, should's a bad word. We need to have the expectation of being classified differently because now you've added, essentially the only difference now is we're just not physically standing there. Right. Other right. than that, if it's and on that video, shouldn't it shouldn't matter because... I'm still doing my job, and now I'm also seeing it up until that certain point. So we still have the uh, uh, the element of not knowing how it ended, right? Well, we have I, no closure, I but hate we that took everything else in. Of like the because that is the one of the biggest arguments about why we should not be classified that way is you're not there. Yeah, I'm not saying I am. No, right. Uh, well, you you haven't had to be traumatized by the sight of someone with their head blown off. No, I had, I'm no, not but saying we're, we're I have. Traumatized by the thought of it, right? Yeah. And like, I I get that the thought and the actual mm-hmm. action of seeing it happen are two different things. Okay, I'm not saying, but it's still trauma. But it's still trauma. And yeah. again, like we talked about this last time, um, or a couple of episodes ago, and we've, I think it was actually Adam Tim that said this that really it like struck a chord with me. Your brain processes stress and anxiety the same way regardless of the situation. Yeah. Right. 
So it doesn't matter if you're being attacked by a bear or you answer a 911 call and you're hearing shots being fired. Your body is responding the exact same way in both scenarios. Mm-hmm. Right. Your, you know, epinephrine's going through and all all of these weird uh, you know, reactions are going through your body. So I don't it doesn't I don't need to be there to experience no. a level of trauma from that incident. And I'm not saying that I'm the same. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's the same thing for me to hear someone shooting themselves in the head versus seeing it. Right. It's not the same. Absolutely not. You are traumatized by that event as much as you should be. And I, I am also traumatized by that event. It's not equal. Yeah. It's still trauma, though. Right. right. So that's the frustrating part is like, well, you're not there. You didn't see it. Okay. I'm also not a grocery store worker. That, so I don't know how to do that. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. Like, I don't understand what your point is, I guess. Right. Right. And, but that doesn't, but that doesn't define is that's the question. Is that how they're defining the fact that they're a first right. responder? Like a first responder shouldn't be someone who witnesses right. the incident. And you know, again, right. what, what was the Visual, uh, yeah. Homeland Security's definition of first responder is individuals who in the early stages of an incident are responsible for the protection and preservation of life, property, evidence, and the environment. Right. We that is absolutely that. part of my job. Right. right. Absolutely. Right. That is absolutely part of my job. Right. I don't need to be there to do that. No. And no, then we, people we were saying, oh, well, then the caller, the, the caller should be classified as a first responder. See, that's when you're just splitting ridiculous hairs. Right. There's just no point right. in. Right. It's nonsense. Right. That, well, that's just, yeah, that's just trying to make a stupid argument. And, <gasps> and that's the, if that's the case, then all classification for first responders should be no We should all be first responders. Everybody's a first responder. Everyone's a first responder. Yeah. My dog's a first responder. Right. The breaker blew in my house. I had to go down there and reset it. That could be potentially dangerous, mm-hmm. depending on what's going on. You're an electrician and, uh, as well. So boom. now, there right. you go. Everybody You're also is, a lineman. Yes. You should get those. Right. You should be in the union. I don't right. understand how you're not in the electrician's union right. for that. Hmm. Like, it's all just, you know, Right. And whatever. if everybody is, then everybody, it should be a universal income, right? Because uh, <laughs> yes. you're no longer at risk, no more than anybody else is. True. Right. So right. we all should get paid eight fifty an hour. No? Wait, 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 no. This whole thing just fell okay. apart. <laughs> I take it back. I take it back. I don't Collapse. want that. But that's, you know, that's getting into the ridiculous when you make that argument. Right. That's, right. This is why, this is why uh, as telecommunicators, we get paid a certain thing. And, I, and I'm going to go back to that in a second. Um, by us, let's say we get paid a certain amount and our officers, our deputies get paid more. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, because there's that that level of risk for them because they are risking their lives at any given point in time. Yes. So that's, it's just like the military. You get hazard pay because you're in a certain area. You get paid more because you're over here doing this thing. Right. right. Um, what was, what was one of the dangerous, most dangerous jobs underwater welder or something like that. That was like the most dangerous job for many years. Weird like that. And they got paid a gazillion dollars to do it. Yeah. Okay. They first responders? No, but they get paid extra because of the risk. That's where right. yours comes in. Super right. dangerous You're paid job. extra because yeah. of the skill set and the risk that you're taking. Is it enough? That argument could be made that no, it's That's not, not enough. Can, right. Is is any of it ever enough for, no. for taking that risk? It's not. No. It's, it gets cut off somewhere by a politician and all that stuff and they figure it out. And going back to the pay, I think the advantage for certain areas of the country it brings them up to a, um, a, a reasonable salary 
or a reasonable pay to do the job. Some of these centers, it's one person handling three counties, you know, because they're not that populated. They're out in the middle of nowhere. But when the shit hits the fan, that person is overwhelmed. Right. And you need to have somebody come in so you can go to the bathroom. Right. It's a chore to do anything. Correct. Um, So it, it brings up. It that adds just a whole different level yeah. of stress as an individual. It's it's just you, baby. So you, feel you gotta the you gotta pull of it out. Your right. entire region on your so, back for twelve hours. Or right, whatever. and you're getting paid twelve dollars an hour, which is so that's ridiculous. That's, it is ridiculous, and that's why I say the classification of being a first responder has the potential to help that because it then does. they can be put in the same category as the officers, firefighters, EMTs that they're dispatching for. Because they have a lot more responsibility. And I might even argue more responsibility than when there's six of us in a room with a more populated county. Like the right. pressure is on. Right. You you have to perform. At least in a room of six people, I got somebody who's got my back because I've got too many things happening at once. In that room, you ain't got shit. Right. If I don't hear something correctly or if I miss a piece right. of radio traffic. Right. That's on me. It and is. That's yep. on me alone. Whereas, yep. yeah, we're the, how we function now. Yeah. My partners are like, did you hear your ambulance? They just went and route. I'm like, oh, shit. No, I did mm. not catch that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know that um, there's a right or wrong answer. I, you know, obviously the benefit could be there for a lot of people. I don't, I don't feel like for us where we're at, it changes anything ultimately I don't for us. think it really does, yeah. I but feel for like... other people, that's who we're we're fighting for and it really it depends yeah because there are we are lucky because the agencies that we work for i think for the most part do give us the recognition that that we deserve yes um and that's wonderful like i know that the town that i work for definitely respects what we do and thinks that we're awesome our manager is amazing yes i know that you guys have the same amount of support from your agency yeah and it's really, it's sad when I see, like, especially on Facebook, on our Facebook group, sometimes people will say that they don't get recognition from their management or from their chain of command. Right. And that they're, the officers that they work for or with literally think they're secretaries mm-hmm. and treat them as such. Mm-hmm. And so those are the people that we're fighting for. Because I don't think there's a 911 dispatcher in this country that doesn't have the responsibility far more responsibility right. than a typical secretary or Correct. clerical assistant would have. Correct. Um, you are genuinely. This is another argument, and we've I've talked about this with some of my officers too, because they don't understand the feeling of responsibility for your first responders, even though you're not physically there to protect them. Right. You feel responsible if they get themselves into something. Well, right. You and know, a like, liability behind it too. It yeah. is, yeah. For your callers because if also. you don't tell them something, if you fail to give them a piece of information, if you fail to get a piece of information yeah. from a caller, and as a result, your officer ends up injured or dead, even if it's not your fault. very plainly yeah. your fault, mm-hmm. because the officer's there, they're an adult they're trained to handle these situations, you feel a level of responsibility. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, to to add to your point, and what I was thinking about while you were saying that was prior to us starting recording, you brought up the point of, um, without giving all the details, when there is a prisoner, for lack of a better term, in your jail, you guys have to monitor that person and check on them every so often right. that's another level of responsibility that i can say we 
Brendan and I yeah, do not have we're bias. We're fortunate enough to not have to do Because we're that. not at the, the same location as the jail. Right. Um, now, years ago, I know they were in the same location. They were right next to it. But now we're not there. So we don't have that level of complexity or responsibility. So especially when there's a ton of focus on when somebody dies in the jail because they overdosed, because they didn't know they had drugs in their system or something on them. Strangled themselves um, suicide, or whatever. Suicide. Yeah. You know, so you guys Or maybe are they just had a medical emergency and it, it sure, wasn't was noticed. Overlooked. Yeah. Right. Sure. So now that falls on you as the telecommunicator, the dispatcher, Correct. to watch them. Yep. So now you've become a jailer, mm-hmm. essentially, because you don't have that at your department until they get transported to the county jail where there are people actually there all the time. It's so, And we've, again, like I keep saying this, we have talked about this before on this podcast, the level of liability that rests on our shoulders every day is astronomical. Yeah. And I don't think people realize that. And again, when I have trainees, that is something that I really try to drive home with them and get them to understand. Even though you are not physically there, you mm-hmm. are genuinely responsible for lives and safety of yeah. people. Like, and I need you to understand that and take that seriously. Right. Yes. Right. Because even though you're not in the car with that officer while he's responding to this shooting, something you do or say could mean the difference between him him surviving and him not. Right. Yep. Right. Same thing with our firefighters. Same thing with our um, callers. Someone gets into an accident on the side of a busy highway and you ask them, hey, can you see the license plate of the vehicle that hit you? And they say, no, let me get out of the car and check. And they get hit by a vehicle. Right. Uh, even though you're not technically responsible for that, right. you're going to feel responsible for it. Sure. And the littlest details can mean a, it, it makes a huge difference. Even how you treat your callers. Yeah. Because if it's a tense situation... It could be the difference between an officer arriving and have, having to tase somebody right. or them going to something that's calmed down or de-escalated because you had the power to do that. Right. Yeah. You either made them more angry than they were or you calmed them down. Right. So you have a lot of power and in there, your hands. It's a lot. There's, we're also responsible for our town's tornado sirens. So something that we have to do when we have severe weather is monitor the messages that we receive from the National Weather Service. Yeah. If you've ever read an actual message from the National Weather Service, it is it's like reading Russian. Yeah. Um because it's a lot of state codes and weird yeah. <laughs> numerical codes and there's there's a lot of filler in there before you get to the actual meat of the message. Right. Which is there's a tornado and by the time you get to that point and see that you're like, oh shit, I gotta set off the sirens. It's been like a minute, and you're like, oh god, now I've delayed this. Like, right. right. So again, just we walk into work every day, and we have the weight of our entire area on us as far as responsibility and yeah. what, what we're liable for. Well, and it's so to so your god point, damn it, I'm a first responder, that's right. guys. Like, so geez. exactly. So to your point, using police and fire as the example. Um, provided you work for an agency and you have good telecommunicators. Because mm-hmm. let's face it, there's bad everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, bad employees all over the place that right. have to be dealt with. That you just can't so avoid So provided it. all of the employees are great or the system is set up properly, et cetera, they are trusting you to get the information that they need right. before you get to the call so that they can do it as safely as they possibly can. Um, if you're putting that trust in us, why do you get to be a first responder over me when you're relying upon right. the information I provide to you 
to make sure you stay safe. Exactly. What are you going to do if you don't have any information from us? Like if I just ship you a call and be like, good luck. Unknown problem for every single call. Right. Roll those dice, baby, and you're going to have to figure it out. You know? Or I mean, have you seen some like witness, a first responder, and I'm not trying to like throw shade at them either. Um, a police officer answer a phone call like from the public. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, what's going on? Okay, great. We'll be there in a few minutes. And I'm like, dude, you didn't get any information from that guy. Right. What information do I need? I'm like, you don't know what the hell you're walking into. Right. Yeah. Well, what information would you like before right. you exactly. get to the call? <laughs> so it's funny to me that these guys are asking, you know, we were just uh, having a conversation about, yeah. about that, about uh, when officers are en route to a call and you're trying to give them information, but they're not happy with the amount of information you're giving or the right. whatever. Right. Um, listen bud i'm not there i'm doing what i can right um especially if it's like a high priority incident i probably have a hysterical caller or a caller who's not being cooperative or someone who just called and put the phone down and walked away yeah right so i'm getting all of my information from context clues of Mm -hmm. the noises that i'm hearing right um so yeah it's funny to me to hear some of them like when they take a call from the public and they ask nothing right. and get no information. And based on the scenario, and that's also relevant on how right. quick are they going to get to the call. But then when because they're en route to the call, they're asked, what color is the offender's eyelashes? I'm like, gee, I have no idea. Uh, what the, the hell? It's it, He doesn't have eyelashes, so you're looking for somebody Does with no eyelashes. Does he have shoelaces in both shoes? Like, right. why would I know that? I right. have no idea. He does, but they're two different colors. Well, what are those colors? Then when the Son officer takes the same phone call himself, he like doesn't even get the guy's name. And yeah. I'm like, cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> Way to go. Yeah, I, it's, it's interesting, again, the perspective. And this goes back to what we talked about with sit-alongs and ride-alongs, mm-hmm. building empathy to understand what they're doing. Um, again, I, I couldn't emphasize that enough. To me, if more of them did it, and some of them don't care. They don't want to know. So, but they want to, they want to be critical. They want to be critical of what we do, yet you don't want to spend any time trying to figure it out because you already have it all figured out. Right. Well, and there, there is a fine line between getting the right information and the right amount versus like literally saying, uh, the offender has both shoelaces in his shoes and everyone's like, wow. Are you saying that? Like, right. right. <laughs> well, a little bit too if much. I'm going to get all there, of the yeah. information. Do you want me to write the report too? Just right, don't even. Exactly. You know what? You can disregard. I've got this. I'll get all it. your I'll criminal histories and yeah. photos for you don't, and everything. Yes. And and that's you know we make light of that and we know that at least for police because I I'm that's the only side I've ever worked on. So from the from the police side. It's not like it was way back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, so their jobs are increasingly difficult with the same amount of reports and paperwork and things they have complex. to track, right. you know, yes. stuff that the, the general public goes, really, you have to keep track of that? Yes, they do. Which is interesting because the public expectation is that we do everything. Right. You know? Yes. And, and they should be doing this. And then they're surprised when you're actually doing it. Well, if you're, it, which takes us down a whole other rabbit hole, but- right. When you start talking about officers filling out profile sheets and that this type of thing, and then they they want to say that the officers are doing this, but they have evidence and tracking that they're held accountable for to say this is what they've been doing the entire time. Right. You can't say they're not doing enough. You know, is there something that could be better? Of course, there's always going to be something that can be better that makes it better and safer Absolutely. and smarter for everyone. 
but you know we're at that same level especially yeah. in in multi um multi-jurisdictional agencies consolidated and, agencies yeah exactly so and multi um response i guess i don't know what you would call that like when you, fire ems when you, police exactly, yeah exactly multi uh service what, what would you call that i don't what oh god sorry that noise scared me yeah, um the garbage disposal or dishwasher is going to eat us it's still is going coming up the sewer pipes to get us right it now <laughs> don't look at it we'll turn this turn sorry stone. a little harry potter reference for you yeah, um dork out there yeah uh I, I don't know what that's called like a it's not really consolidated i mean it is consolidated but it's consolidated as far as uh, the towns that you dispatch Right, for. but not necessarily the... Uh, the service discipline, Multidiscipline. Right. Multidiscipline. Okay. No, that uh, sounds good. That's, that's close enough. We've just coined it here. Folks, feel free to use it, but credit us. Multidiscipline agency. <laughs> Hashtag multidiscipline MDA? agency. No, that's not, that's, not, that's not what that means. No, that's, that's, uh, that's a whole different... Else? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the Jerry Lewis telephone? <laughs> it thing? is. Oh, my yeah. God. The muscular dystrophy it or is. something. Lady. Don't call it that. Anyway. Don't, yeah. That was a very strange tangent. Um, a little bit, <laughs> but I'm here for it. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, when you're talking about agencies that handle both, like police, fire, rescue. Yeah, I don't know what they would call that. All of that. Interesting. Oh. I'm gonna have to. I'll forget to Google it later, so I don't. But it it, it is. There's like a different level of responsibility and expectation of what we do. Correct. There's different both from the public and from our responders. You bet. You bet. It's, I actually had a call yesterday where a guy was, um, people call 911 to ask weird questions a lot. Mm. They don't understand. um, Yeah. Did you guys know that? I don't know if you were aware. I I didn't know that. It's wild, right? It's weird. It's almost like you guys don't work at another 911 agency. Um, Well, we don't. I put work in loosely. people we work with. Yeah. Just sit there. Well, you work loosely. (laughs) Oh. People call 911 to ask very strange questions sometimes, and I don't understand the thought process behind it. When no. you call 911, you no. are not talking to a nurse, a doctor, a pharmacist. You're a fast usu- food restaurant yeah, manager, you're a farmer. You're usually not talking to a police officer or paramedic, yes. usually. Right. Sometimes you are, um, but it just so happens that right. they are also that thing on top of being a 911 dispatcher. Yeah. So I had a guy call. He was really upset because he had a pulse oximeter and he didn't know how to use it. That was why he called 911. And he wanted me to explain it to him. Mm. And I'm like, well, I'm not there. I can't see it. Did you call your doctor? Did you read the directions on the device when you purchased it? Right. So he wanted me to tell me what all the numbers meant on the screen. And um, he was very upset. I mean, he genuinely called me like a fucking moron because I didn't know. And I'm like, I'm not there. I'm not looking at it. I can't see it. This is not information, sir. Right. Uh, There's this thing called Google. Hmm. And if you Google it. Older gentleman. So I think maybe technology Uh, was a little bit beyond him. But instructions came with this device that you purchased. In the end, I was able to interpret what the numbers meant. Was not good enough. He was still very angry with me and hung up on oh, me after okay. calling me a fucking moron several more times. Hmm. But I hung up with him and I'm just like, what the hell? Like, I don't, 
What do people think that we do? Right. Let me go into my warehouse of manuals. Oh, it's in between dishwashers and pulse oximeter. Like, oh, here's the one. Which a, model do you have, sir? Oh, shit. I don't have that manual yet. You're lucky that you, you ended up moron. talking to someone who knows what a pulse oximeter is and knows how to read them. Yeah. I'd be like, uh, I don't know. You're going to have to call your doctor. I don't even know what the hell that is. Yeah. yeah. Well, then he asked, well, what is... Because I, I explained to him, this number is your heart rate. This number is your oxygen saturation. And he goes, well, what is my heart rate supposed to be? And I said, that's between you and your doctor. Right. And it's he's like, for everybody. are you fucking stupid? I'm like, listen, bud, you called me and asked me what your heart yeah. rate is supposed to be. Who's stupid? Yeah. Not me. What was your name, sir? What's your address? Also, he we'll wasn't right having... Yeah. Oh, no, I sent an officer over because oh, yeah. I was yeah, pissed. Yeah. Um, and because we're supposed to send officers <laughs> over. Sorry, I didn't do things just to spite this guy. <laughs> we're supposed to send officers over yeah, when people call 911. just spite this guy i did it to spite him and also it was a to benefit protect my job. it was dual purpose yes. yeah. <laughs> but it was just so like i hung up the call my partners are laughing because they've heard this whole conversation go down they're like who the hell was that why was he so mad right. and i'm like this guy was genuinely upset with me because i didn't know how some device that he ordered worked i didn't know what his heart rate was supposed to be and i'm the fucking idiot that was his you're a moron i'm not going to talk to you well what was his heart rate supposed to be I don't know. Well, I know what it, I know what his heart moron. rate was, but I don't. It what was his heart rate? His heart rate was sixty-seven. That's, That's what kind of low for a, well, a for low. a normal adult. That is within normal limits. However, I don't know low. what his other medical conditions are. I don't right. know what is right. That's why I said it's between you and your doctor. He also was not experiencing a medical emergency at all. I asked right. him multiple times, "Are you having symptoms of something? Are you having chest pain or trouble breathing or any?" He's like, "I don't know." Again. Who's the moron? Not me. You can't tell me if you're having chest pain. Sir, do you have a socket close by? Go and stick your finger in that real quick. And uh, I'll get a reading over my phone to see what your heart rate is once you put that fork in the socket. So it's just... I bet you it's going to be like 150. On the other side of that, we we had a... Yeah. Oh, my God. We're going to restart that heart real fast, okay? I'm going to give you a See if it starts back up at the normal rate. We're going to Motley Crew this thing. We're going to kickstart your heart. Yeah. Homemade defibrillator. Um, another lady called and asked if we could come help her because her refrigerator was making a strange noise. Oh. Is it running, ma'am? You better, better go, go catch, catch it. it. Better go catch it. Wah, wah. Oh my God. Waka, waka. So <laughs> what the hell do people think we do? Is that why we're everything. not classified so as first responders? They think we do everything. Is yes. because we can't answer well, questions like, so here's come a- over and help me. My fridge is making a weird noise. Like, why the hell are here's you calling us? the ultimate question. If you do, you feel like if you were classified as a first responder, that you would have been able to help him better. Absolutely not. Oh, okay, there we go. I guess we solved this crime. Here's the, the only reason. <laughs> again, the only reason that I was able to answer his question is because of the training you've had. I've had training. Also, I've dealt with pulse oximeters before. That would be the question here. So, in your realm of expertise, because in your previous life, <laughs> you're a paramedic, correct? Yes. Would anybody else at your agency that was never a paramedic been able to answer that question on 911? Probably not. Okay. It depends. You just happen to be lucky. So if somebody called and and asked me a specific question, I might be able to answer it. That guy got, you know, he he ended up getting me because I knew. And it was really just based on the context clues. Like this was one number, this was the other number. I'm like, well, obviously your your pulse ox isn't 67. You'd be dead. Um, Obviously. (laughs) Duh. All right. Duh, Brendan, Obviously. duh. But there have been like... I hate it when my pulse ox gets to 67. 
it's dangerous. <laughs> it is. Your oxygen saturation. Even, you know, if I have a high pulse ox, I'm going to guess my heart rate is probably pretty high too. Hmm. There, but there, there have been a lot of things that have come up that people ask me questions about. And I'm like, why aren't we trained about this? Because we should know this. We should know why we do this this way, especially when it comes to EMD. Should know why you... What? Like, people will say, um, am I supposed to give aspirin for someone who's having trouble breathing? I'm like, no, why would you? Well, I don't know why we give it for chest pain. I'm like, really? Well, that's because it's probably heart-related and it's not going to hurt if it's chest pain. If you got a cut, you don't have somebody take aspirin because... uh, there's a good chance they might bleed more. Right. Well, so I like I did a Saturday school about training. why we give aspirin mm-hmm. for chest pain. There's yeah. a specific reason for it. And people were like, oh, I didn't know that. And I'm like, we should be trained on that, though. Like, we should have, I guess what yes. I'm saying is if you're going to be an EMD, an emergency medical dispatcher, I love the EMD program. I think it's great. I'm yeah. not saying it's not good. Um, but there should be a little bit more training in that and why we do it. For the why. Yeah, yeah for yeah. the why. Because it'll help kind of yes it because makes more sense right well and it, you're able to verbalize it better to who you're talking when to i understand why i'm doing something right i'm I able think, to i think explain it better right. and sure. make it work mm-hmm. i think that's i would agree with that 100 percent. it's yeah. not do this well why just do it right i hate that all right okay whatever take can you take an aspirin right oh your chest hurts take an aspirin all right why am i doing this I don't know because this because my card, card says yeah, yeah my card my script told me to there do you it. Go. Don't even get me started on that. Thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean we get we get that a lot where people are like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm right. just doing it. Right. Um, well, they'll say you know we do this stroke scale thing for people, and why why are why is it these questions specifically? Yeah. And I'm like, oh well, there's a reason for it. It's called the Cincinnati Stroke Scale. This is why we do it. It it determines you know how what side of the brain the stroke is on and how far it's moved down. Oh, I didn't know that. I just answered, I just asked these questions and put the answer in. Right, (laughs) right. Well, and see, I could see as a new person, a new trainee that comes in saying, these are the questions. And then as they have more questions, you answer them because they're building on their knowledge. Right. Perfect. Makes perfect sense. Because you could, as a new person, you might explain to them why they're doing it and they might not get it. But it's part of the program. So then later on, they're going to go, why, why are we doing this again? Especially, you know, like aspirin, I feel like is, I'm going to say it, fairly common knowledge. Right? It is, but we do get the, why doesn't ibuprofen work? Why doesn't Tylenol work? I'm yeah. like, it's not the same thing. It's We're not trying to relieve the pain. That's not yeah. the purpose of giving aspirin. Right, right. So, um, but I've had people say that and they're like, oh, yeah. I didn't I didn't realize that that's what we were doing. I'm like, yeah, yeah we're not trying to alleviate but do you, pain. But in, you know... I know we're a little off in the weeds, but that's okay because I enjoy We always this. are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Do you feel, again, you knowing those things comes from having been a paramedic? Oh, no. Absolutely. That's, what, okay. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it is coming from that. And I'm okay. glad that I'm able to share some of that knowledge right. with people that I work with yeah. because they're not getting it from somewhere else. They're it's not beneficial. getting that. Yeah. Like they're not yeah. getting the explanation. No, I think a lot of things. So... And I'm gonna I'm gonna use a couple of very dirty words right now. Uh-oh. Very dirty words. Customer service. Mm-hmm. You know, when I started, I was told that our job was nothing like customer service, and I came from a customer service 
multiple customer service related careers. Right. And I'm like, too. it's just like customer it's service. 100% right. customer it's service. It's just like customer yeah. service. And and this is 11 years ago when I started. You I know. was told this is not, this is not, no, we're not, um, we're not providing customer service here. There's nothing for the, uh, well, first off, uh, in our case, you know, the sheriff is an elected official. And if the people are pissed off at the service they're getting from the sheriff's department, right. uh, guess what? He might not get reelected. Um, yeah, so no, you certainly is. have a, a uh, responsibility to yes. provide people with good service. A level right. now, of you're not, service, you're not, yes. You're not getting five-star ratings on the internet because of, you know, you've provided exemplary customer service. It's, it's not that way. We're not right. doing that. But I guess we have a little more leeway in with how we deal with people as, as opposed to, you know, you're working at The Gap you're probably a little bit more um, fake friendly. You know, right, there's are, a different level of you know, customer service. The customer isn't always right in our scenario. Right, no, because and we can tell them that. No, that's correct. you are wrong. That is not the right. correct yeah. thing to do. Please right. don't do that. But that right. doesn't mean that we are not providing it and functioning the same way a customer service person is. Right, because more of our same... customer service, I think, is empathy yeah. It is related. empathy, but it's also in the same sense that like, if someone calls in is... Like this guy was calling me a fucking moron because I didn't know. Right. I, c- I, I can't just be like, well, fuck you and hang up the phone. Right, right, right. That's not okay. Right. I still provided him with the But you also don't have answer. to take it. No, and so I explained to him. So it's very different than in a, in a retail I was stern. environment. Right. I was a little right. bit stern with him. And I, I was like, sir, I'm not a medical professional. Correct. I can't see your device. So I don't right. know. But I still, um, even though I was pissed and I could feel my blood pressure rising and I was getting irritated with this guy, I still answered his questions politely. Yeah, right. And didn't hang up on him. Right. So um, we do, we are expected to take a certain amount of abuse and bullshit from not only the public, but from our some of our responders sometimes when they're in the mood right. to be a-holes. And that realistically, there's customer service in that as well. There is. You know, when we're... We're we providing to, a service. That's correct. So we have to be um, polite, um, efficient, all of those things over our radios you know there's no time to not typically um to to argue with people you you yep i get it i'll take care of it and it's getting them what they need so that falls under all of those categories but i was more or less chastised that this is not a customer so i'm like uh, okay i was uh, too i'll shut up about it but i know this is what it is because i've done customer you've done this job for 20 some odd years Whereas the last 20 years of my life, I've done customer service. I know what it looks like. If you don't right. want to call it customer service, right. okay, public service. Right. But it's the same thing. Right. Basically. We're yeah. still, we're expected to provide a certain level of professionalism and expertise mm-hmm. and uh, courtesy, mm-hmm. empathy, whatever. And re- regardless of the situation, yeah. so if someone's calling you an idiot or cussing you out, you can't just be like, screw you and hang up the Correct. phone. Bye. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, you still have to be nice and, and provide people with service. You can't yes. just, because there was a 911 call. Was it in New Mexico or Arizona a few years ago? Mm-hmm. Someone called to report that their friend had been shot and was bleeding out. Yeah. Oh, and they, wasn't that Chicago? No, no, um, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it was an area. It was in the Southwest somewhere, but the person, uh, the caller was upset obviously because it was a stressful situation and they cussed at 
the dispatcher. Yeah. The 911 dispatcher took the call. And I believe it was something like the dispatcher asked if the patient was breathing and the caller said, I just fucking told you he's not. Why do you keep asking me that? And the dispatcher said, you know what? I don't have to deal with this. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. And hung up. Yeah, because they swore. That right. is not okay. It is not okay. Yeah. That is like... It's a classic example of we are still expected to provide a specific level of service to people regardless, yeah, regardless. of how they are treating us. Yeah. Well, it, it, in the, in that case, so it's very different, right? Um, if somebody's swearing, right, versus they're swearing, they're swearing at you. They're not swearing about you. I guess. And I mean, like you this, know, right. this caller so, was clearly they were annoyed with the dispatcher. Of course, but it wasn't. Right. It was because of the situation right. they were in. Right. Of course, and they're not. And that's to be they're expected. Not, right. Exactly. They're not calling the dispatcher a fucking moron because in my case, if I had somebody that was not having a medical emergency and started calling the fucking moron, I would be like, "Okay, you're gonna have to call your doctor, sir. Have a great day." Well, and that's and yeah. That like, would be so, the end of the. So my guy, call. yeah, I'm more than happy having... all the time to help people. Like that in that situation. Absolutely. But when you start to get um, personal, if we can't bring it back around and that's all you're going to do, then our conversation is done. Right. right. Yeah. And we, we do that. If someone does not have an emergency, they Correct. don't need immediate assistance and yep. they're being I'm not denying them. difficult. I'm not denying rude, yeah. them anything. And this is not for one one. And we, we will tell day. them like, right. it, unless you need help with or immediate assistance with something, I'm going to have to disconnect the call because right. I have other calls to take. But yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, all of this stuff goes into what we do, what we do, mm-hmm. and the whole classification argument, um, which is still an argument. Unfortunately, there are Brendan printed out a map of the states in our country that recognize first responder or number one dispatchers as first responders, and it's sad. It is. It's it's seven. <laughs> is it not? Am I reading that correctly? So the green, uh, the green is. Green is oh, I'm, I this is as of January of last five. year, though. And I, yeah. again, it's very difficult to search on it because, <clears throat> again, COVID has kind of slowed everything down. Right. And nothing has really made traction since last year. So there's yeah. no real new updates on anything. No. I would say, though, if um, you're interested, if you're pushing or you want to spearhead the effort, because that's the, that's the problem, right? Everybody's waiting for everybody else to do something and make it happen. That's right. a huge problem because like we post things about it and there's like little interest about like you guys have to do the work too. You can't expect others to just do it for you right. because then people see the level of interest or lack thereof. Yeah. And then they're not going to get the ball moving because Correct. they see that nobody right. is and, doing anything. And that's, right. that could be as simple as uh, creating a little group. And getting everybody to hit up your local state representatives and senators, right. and, and at writing one point, them to say this is this is why this is important. Right. It's that simple. And, and at mean, one point, even... there was something on Apco and Nina's website for everyone to do that. So yeah. they made it real easy. You yes. enter like your zip code, and all of your elected officials would show up, and yep. there'd be like a a generic email already ready for you that you could edit if you wanted to. Right. And all you had to do was put your name and email address. Right. Two minutes max. Well, it, with some of these, um, with some of these states, it's not even by state. Some of them are by county. Right. So if you work for a county agency, it it might be a little bit easier for you to get in touch right. with your representatives and make that change. And right. the reality for is, is if you make it happen in your county, you can help somebody else make it More happen in their suit. county. And, and then it, it will be a statewide. It, it can thing. be a state right. thing, and which then countrywide. Thing. That's how Correct. West Virginia did it. They did it. Like county by county, right. and then the whole Colorado's state. Colorado's moving the same way. They're mm-hmm. they're doing it county by county. Yep. Well, um, it's that's what it's it's not. I don't want to say it's not hard because it's it tedious, is. and you have to send emails. 
and you, you have, have to, to keep up with you it. You have to make the time. Yeah. That's correct. It's not that you don't yeah. have the time. No, you have it's to, you make have to the take time. the time. Yep. You already have it. You can't make time. You got to take it and, it's, and do it's, it. It's not difficult. Again, the, no. I, I don't know if they're still on Echo and Nina's websites to email everyone, um, but half and the work is done for you with that. You know what? If you're you not know. sure, uh, first off, you can go on our page because there's dispatchers from all over the country on our page. Yes. That might on our be Facebook from those, page, yes. Might be from those states and you can reach out to them to find out if they know anything about it and contact the people that have made it happen in their state. Right. And then say, how did you do this? They're probably going to give you the same answer we just did, but maybe they have a new perspective. Group? Is it Jim? Jim Brown. Yes. Jim Brown from... from dispatchers as part of first responders. Yes. Um, a lot, lot of, of people there. are working <clears throat> towards that. And yeah, AFCO and Nino are great. AFCO and Nina are great resources for that information. Yeah. Um, but for yeah, sure. it's so it's called the 911 Saves Act in most places. Um, it was brought forth first in California by Representative Torres, who used to be a 911 dispatcher and yes. is now a state representative. Um, so, Ooh, I just had an idea. What? Invite your local representative to come and do a sit along in your 911 center. You yeah. yeah. You know, I, I'm calling you out, Senator Dick Durbin, because you don't respond to my oh emails God, that I we send had you. This, we were just reading this absolutely <laughs> horrendous email that Brendan so, got yeah. from our state representative. I that went is to the APCO so website dumb. and I sent my local elected officials an email um, about why we should be first responders. And Dick Durbin's email was basically, <laughs> and I've sent two of them, and his response was basically just a regurgitation of what I told him. It wasn't basically. Um, it was literally yeah, what, what Brendan wrote. And there was no commitment in there. I even invited him, like, and this is pre-COVID, obviously, to come and sit along. And, uh, you know, I invited him to check out our website and have a conversation over the phone. And I just got this. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just a crappy response. So Tammy Duckworth's response was great. She said that she supported it. Um, so that's great. Um, but this is the stuff that we need. We need to know that our local elected officials yeah. are, you know, supporting Support us, us in this and, and not just sending us, us uh, well, you also, a crappy email in response. You know how easy it can be for people to get caught up in, um, he's not my, he's not my senator, he's not my president or whatever the case may be. No matter how you feel about that or what your political affiliation is. They've been is, elected. They've been elected. They have some authority. If it's important to you, reach out to those people and push for it. Yes. Who cares about everything else that you don't agree with them on this one issue you push them on? Right. And honestly, if they have different views than you, it probably should be fun for you to push their buttons a little bit and try and get <laughs> right. them to do something. Um, but I, I think that's a great idea. I mean, if you can get local officials to come sit along, hey, get a mayor, get uh, whoever. Yeah. Um, come sit along and... and Fire your mayor, up. your chief yeah. of police, your the chiefs of your fire departments. We some of our uh, leaders from our agencies yeah. are our biggest cheerleaders, right? Because they know what we do. They work with us every single yep. day, mm -hmm. and put them in the hot seat. Yeah, put them in the seat that's going to be busiest. That they're going to get the most benefit from seeing and hearing and and experiencing, and you know, Have someone let them really get a full put understanding. together a recording yeah. like the one I was talking about earlier. That's all of the radio and phone traffic that's yes. going off at the same time yeah. um and As play that for gift. people Here, take yeah. this to take <laughs> listen this back to this with you. <laughs> listen to this and tell me if you can pick out any specific piece of information right. and write it down because or even like a day like yeah. it's it's uh bring your representative to work day <laughs> you know you bring four of them in and, and you do presentations <laughs> and have them all do sit-alongs and have them yeah. rotate through the room 
or whatever it is you, you can possibly make happen. But the more you Send get them emails, involved, make phone calls, do we, something. This goes back to the empathy side. They now understand what it is you or right. as best as they can on right. that given day as to what's involved and what you do. Um, because a lot of them are more willing to go on a ride along because let's face it, that's exciting. Oh, it's fun. Um, yeah. yeah. We might be in a shooting or something. Right. Like, right. No, but I, my husband, when he first came into the 911 center that I work at, um, when we were dating, yeah, I had him come downstairs and hang with us for a few minutes one day. He was dropping something off. He walked in and he was like, this looks like a fucking space shuttle. Like what is <laughs> uh, this? This is not what I was expecting. I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, how do you pay attention to all of this stuff? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just meth. There's meth. <laughs> do a lot of cocaine. All right. Lots of alcohol. That's right. Um, for legal purposes, that was a joke. I That's, do not do drugs. Uh, absolutely. Feel free to drug test me. Yeah, test me all I'm you clean. want. Mm. But yeah, there's like all these monitors everywhere. There's constant noise. I'm listening to 20 different radio channels. Yep. And well, and he's just like, I don't know what I was expecting, but this was not it. And we yeah. have the same when we have people come in and do tours. They yeah. walk in and they're like, this looks like Their the control the center like, oh for God. the Millennium Falcon. And I'm like, no, this is a typical 911 center. This isn't right. even that right. interesting. Although so. we do get invaded by Jawas every now and then. Occasionally, yes. Yeah. Yeah. For you Star Wars nerds, you're welcome. <laughs> Harry Potter reference. Now we got a Star Wars reference. God, what's next? What else can we do? What other stupid reference can we make? Well, Dungeons we're probably out of stupid references for the day. We're mm-hmm. at almost an hour and 25 minutes for this oh. podcast. I know. Indeed. Yeah, we got carried away, but a little bit. The reclassification of nine one one dispatchers as first responders. Yeah, I understand both sides of it. Agree. However, classifying nine one one dispatchers as first responders does not take anything away from from anyone else. From anyone else, and we're probably please remember that pushing for it than not. Yes, Um, please support your dispatchers in your area that you work with. If you're a first responder, please know that we are highly skilled, highly trained individuals. Most of them. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of liability <laughs> and responsibility resting on us. Yeah. So we're, we're not just, yeah, like we're I said before, sitting at a desk, pushers. smacking our right. gum, answering the phone when a call comes in. That's not, that's not really the extent of what we do. So. Agreed. Speaking of support, humanize911.com, humanizing Absolutely. the headset on Facebook, Instagram, the Twitter. Yes. Yeah, we're on, All there, of on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. And we also have our shop. So if you're looking for some cool humanizing the headset merchandise, yeah. you can go order it from there. Mugs, shirts. What else is on there, Brendan? Masks. 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 Yes. Yeah. People love the masks. I'm Hand really glad. Hand stitched. <laughs> so they were machine by stitched Hurst. by me, but yeah. Listen, we're trying to sell these things. Okay, they were hand-stitched by blind, blind nuns. monks. Yeah, blind nuns <laughs> and <France>. monks. Right. <laughs> they didn't even know there were nuns and monks in the same convent because no. they're blind. Right. Why so does how Bertha they? sound like a dude? I don't understand. <laughs> anyway. Wait, a man, a woman? Yeah, oh, there we that go. Whole, don't even get me started on Next that. That's the dumbest okay. fucking thing I've ever All heard. Right, anyway. Right. All right, everybody. That's it for now. We'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye.